Tonight is such a special night. I want to welcome all of our guests joining me over here in the call query. Hello, hello. And of course, our guests over in our show chat room. Welcome to the return of Healing Through Hurt, I Talk Radio. Tonight, we have a very special guest. I want to jump right into our show. So tonight, Oh, before I start, I forgot. For those of you who may have forgotten, because we've been gone for a while, I'm your host, C. Maria Wall, a.k.a. the mediator and Shiro at your ground zero. And tonight is no different. We have another Shiro here who's ready to help guide you through this thing called healing in life. Her name is Lynn Cochran Murphy. Let me tell you a little bit about her story before we bring her on air. Her sisters died in a house fire. The only reason she lived is her father carried her out first before running back in for her sisters where they all perished. Lynn Cochran Murphy was three years old and living in an idyllic family in North Carolina. Raised by a mother whose life was shattered by the tragedy and today would be called a victim of PTSD. Lynn's childhood was jolted again when her stepfather died in a logging accident a few years later. And culminating is the murder of her mother 
the book Living Hope's Steps to Leaving Suffering Behind follows Cochran Murphy's life from those tragedies forward to today. And a little more about Lynn. She's an intuitive consultant specializing in supporting her clients to achieve freedom from limiting beliefs. I like that, freedom from limiting beliefs. We're going to touch on that a bit. To change work and life conditions to a happier state and to embrace an expanding sense of self and possibility, she uses theta healing, access bars, channeling, and counseling skills to support clients in their personal goals. With that said, we're going to jump right into the show. I hope you're all ready to get some healing going. For those of you, if you're having problems in the chat room, you can always call us at 646-478-4726. That's 646-478-4726. The call query system seems to be working a little bit better than our chat room right now. So if you want to hear the show live, just give us a call instead of trying to get back into the chat room, 646-478-4726. And as always, welcome to all of the guests who will be listening to our replay. So with that said, hello, Lynn. How are you this evening? Hi, Maria. I'm really good and very grateful to be here with you tonight. I want you to know that... I am so glad that you had agreed to be on our return show because we have been on a hiatus for a while. And um, so this is our very first show that we're coming back to. But everything about the title of your book, I even love the look of the book. Um, Thank you. But before we get into that, you're quite welcome. And thank you so much for believing enough to say yes to being here. But... um, Mm. I want to go back a little bit because when I read your past, I could just feel how that must have felt to you. And I know you were very young. So I have my first question is, did you actually remember all of that? And were you reliving it on your own or you know, did people help you to fill in the blanks a little bit over the years? I think that um, I remembered very little because of the trauma and the degree of pain that I experienced. I, um, I had to do a couple of regressions to get some of the memory back. And when I did that, then I realized, no wonder you don't remember. <laughs> it was extremely terrifying. And painful. Right. So um, family did fill in some of it. Uh, I've asked, like my grandmother, who was present through the whole aftermath. Um, So people like that, and they helped. I included one newspaper article in the book, uh, which has pictures and so on. It's very graphic, but it also, you know, makes it more real. So for me, um, you know, part of the newspaper clippings was about making it real for me because the memories were obscured, and I have scars on my body, so I mean, I know it was real, but it's like I wasn't there. Hmm. Wow, that, that disassociative, I guess we could call mm-hmm. that, um, that's a mechanism, though. I, I know that for me, growing up, I did that quite a bit. I always tell people mm-hmm. that because I came up in a, and I'm able to talk about my life now. So this is where when we get into that PTSD thing, I know that there are certain things, even though I'm this wonderful powerhouse of a person and this and that, there are certain things that I believe that I'm suffering from some degree of PTSD because the, mm-hmm. they won't shut me down totally, but... I will try to avoid them at all costs. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I want because I think we were talking a little bit before the show, and one of the things that I said is that I believe that more people are suffering from some level of PTSD than many of us realize. 
So could you walk mm-hmm. us through that? Tell us about PTSD and what it does okay. and how it affects people and the signs. Okay. Yeah, I do have some information here on it. Um, for myself, it isn't an issue now, but it certainly was as I was growing up and in my teen years when I was reacting to life and people and events and very fearful and non-trusting um, and then I started putting it together that when um, I was living in Oregon and we were doing one of those outside burns where you pull all the trash together and the, the dead leaves and all that stuff and you burn it on your property, um, mm-hmm. it, was, it was so terrifying to me. I had to run and hide in the garage or the shed. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, these things really trigger me. Okay. So then, you know, like 10 years later, I was teaching school, and we were going to go see a film with the students about the fires of Kuwait, all those oil wells that were burning after the war. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I went to the staff and said, you know what, (laughs) this could be a problem. And here's what might happen, and here's how I'm planning on taking care of myself. And it was intense sitting through that film, but nothing happened. I didn't have to leave, et cetera. So, you know, with... with healing, with awareness, with um, gaining information about yourself and about the disorder, it certainly gets better. Some of what I found when I looked into it is that um, it's about 8 million Americans diagnosed with PTSD, but I think there's a great number that are not diagnosed. Right. So they say that PTSD occurs following a traumatic experience or witnessing a life-threatening event. So my first 25 years, of course, had multiple events that led me to be diagnosed in um, the late 80s. And still I managed to go on to have a successful career in marriage. But a couple other things that I learned about it is it affects women more often than men. It's more likely to occur. uh Uh-huh. And it's more likely to occur if you experience multiple events, um, if you're abused as a child, if you recently have lost a, lo- a loved one, if whenever the traumatic events happen, if you're young when they happen, or if you don't have much education, I think that that's because you don't have as big of a world in your mind to compare it to and examine it against. It occurs more often in African Americans and Hispanics. And then we all know that there are people that are hit, that are abused as children, that there are uh, women in abusive relationships, that children witness that, that um person who is abused themselves often develops PTSD. Anyone who's lost someone traumatically, uh, witnessed mm-hmm. a, a severe car accident or been in one, or just consider the New Yorkers who were in New York on 9-11, or the mm-hmm. people in Oklahoma City during that bombing. So there are a large number. And I think most of us, you know, we try to do that thing of, no, I'll be okay. I'll tough it out. No, I, you know, I can take care of myself. Right. I can handle it. When, in fact, wouldn't it be nice if we said, you know, this is hard. This hurts. I'd love some support. And to get, because I think that's one of the things about, counseling doesn't have to be for your lifetime it can be for that event it can be for this crisis and you're done in a few months so my experience is it's it's every it's i can't say everywhere but it's around us and we're pretty unaware i think that some people are trained to be aware and for instance today there's a lot of assistance and awareness about people in the um, the medical fields and the emergency fields that go out and they they see things often, like daily, right. and work through it. So they get a lot of assistance. But the, you know, the average Joe who's in an apartment building who, that burns down and he's okay, but all the fear, the images. So one of the things about PTSD is that we replay that stuff in our head. And it re-traumatizes. It's um, stored in the parts of the brain that are that talking therapy doesn't do much for. Um, there are particular types of therapy 
that are beneficial. So, such as somatic therapies and um, EMDR. So, I would say that anyone who feels in themselves that they've been traumatized by something and nobody offered help, to go and ask for help. Do some research on the Internet about PTSD and go and ask for help because it gets better. Right. Uh, two things. You mentioned EMDR. DR. Uh huh. Could you could you explain to people what that stands for? It's a relatively new, um, you know, like ten to fifteen years, um, therapeutic technique that allows the brain to process and release the stress of the event through talking, talking therapy, um, and people are specifically trained in that. There are different uh-huh. variations within that field, so it's very effective. I can't tell you exactly. It's like um, eye movement, desensitization, EMDR release or rapid release or something like that. So that's that one, and it's it's still used, you know, regularly in therapies today. Yeah, I just I just decided to Google it. It says um, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. Yes. So maybe that's it. Yeah. Yes. So you okay. talk about the event during the therapy, and the therapist has some additional techniques that they use, and it it calms the body, the mind, as and undoes some of that damage that's stored in the in the amygdala and in the hippocampus. So it's good. Right. Well, you know, one of the things that you said, because a lot of times we think PTSD, we think soldiers coming home from the war. Right. Soldiers, 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 male, male, males. Um, Very seldom have I ever seen where they actually um, focus on females coming back from the war zones with PTSD. And, of course, I'm sure you know that in the African-American communities, you know, mental health and things like that, that's like something that's a cardinal no-no. It's just not Mm -hmm. something that people want to do or look into readily. They, It's just taboo. For whatever reason, Mm -hmm. people tend to think that, you know, it's just – not understanding that by not doing it, it's not going to get better. And we can't get better right. when there's people around us who choose to turn their backs and not even mm-hmm. address the issues to see that there's a change. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, one of the things is how, do, how does one come to terms with the fact that they need help? Is there some, some type of... Um, advice that you can give to people that will help them break their silence, in other words? Well, one of the things that I talk a lot about in my book, Living Hope, is that we're taught a lot of things, and as adults, it's important to question them. So if if the social norms that I live with uh, and we're raised with, and that all my family goes by, is to to just take care of myself, and I would only talk to my minister and no one else, then I can question that and say, but does that really serve me? Does that fit for today? Does that fit for the individual that I am? I'm not just a product of my family and my society. I'm my own self. What is good for me? So I would definitely question anything and everything that comes up so that you can be free to do what's right for you. Right. My, my, my release has always been to write, even though I hate writing, (laughs) um, you know, (laughs) I, I just had to put it, I had to get it out. And now I'm still learning, even at my age at, you know, half a hundred plus, um, that, to speak it, I'm still on that journey. So I have mm-hmm. to write it in order for it to start to come out. And I did the therapy. I had a psychiatrist and a psychologist and my pretty purple pills too. So there's no shame mm-hmm. to that game. 
Good for you. See, you just did that. You just spoke it. And by doing that, we make it more okay for other people. I took depression medication for 10 years. And it really made a difference in my life at that time. And when I was ready to get off of it, it took some time, but I got off of it. And depression is not an issue now. But there was a time when just the simplest thing is getting my hair washed and getting on with the day was was uh, exhausting. I was too exhausted. Right. So, so I talk about all the different thera- therapies, but also alternative healing methods because I'm really into that now it, that mm-hmm. we can use. And everything from our relationship with that which is greater than we are to reading books to get some information or using the Internet and then asking for help. It's so valuable. We're taught as Americans that it's, what is that phrase, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and so on. Yeah. But asking for help isn't weakness. Actually, asking for help can be the wisest thing you've ever done. And that's true. That is just the 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 most true statement we'll probably say uh during our conversation tonight or one of the most true statements um mm-hmm. but there are a lot of people who they're at that point Lynn where they're sick and tired of being yeah. sick and tired but they're not sick and tired enough mm. well sick and tired really can be a motivator for me if i get I get down in the dumpster if I get really unhappy, like, come, my life isn't what I want it to be. It only takes a day right. or two of that. And I get motivated, and I use that to take some action and to do whatever it is I need at that point. Because I haven't been to a therapist for years, but I work with other healers. Or maybe it's time for me to get down on my knees. Or, as you mentioned, all that writing, for me, that was journaling, decades of journaling. And how I can spill it all out there. Nobody else reads it unless I choose to share something with someone. Right. And it just, right. you know, it frees me a little bit, a little more, a little more. And everybody has the has access to that. Right. That all they release, have to do that is that writing. Work. Yeah. And, so and maybe that also brings up. Go ahead. But also maybe it brings up that willingness to change to be right. willing to take a step or to let go a little right. bit. And that's exactly what I was just saying. You know, they have to want to do it. Um, we're going to talk a little bit. Let's move a little bit further because I love when um, there's a sense of the going from victimization to the spiritual mm-hmm filled life. So what was that transition like for you when you discovered the power of that spirit-filled faith or however you want to call it? Uh-huh. I think I talk about in the book about how my family mm-hmm. said, you know, here we're going to take you to church. And they didn't go to church with me. They basically dropped me off at church. <laughs> and and they went oh. to the bar. <laughs> Not necessarily on Sunday morning, but they went to the bar. And so Mm -hmm. here they were telling me, this will help, and you need this, and we don't do anything with it. So later on, um, especially when I saw how much my mom suffered after the loss of my dad and sisters, how the grieving just, I mean, she went to work, but there was a lot of misery there. So I um, questioned, like, really? Tell me to do this and you don't do this? So when I learned about Buddhism, I Mm -hmm. decided to check it out, and I started studying with these people, and I learned about the law of cause and effect. I learned about karma, and the world started to make sense to me. And that was a huge turning point. I was 17. A huge turning point because I started getting the answers that I wasn't getting through the churches I had been raised in. So that seeking and that questioning, and I kept moving into that when a friend of mine said, you know, we teach meditation classes, a new series is starting pretty soon. I went and did that, 
and that was life changing too. And I've been a meditator ever since. So since I was right. I don't know, nineteen or something, um, that's right. a huge part of my life. So it it's a it's a lifetime path, but I can see key transition points like learning about Buddhism. Another thing that I did, I, I love this. This is so wild. In um, so I lived with the Buddhists for a while in a Buddhist chapter house, but then later on I went and I moved into a commune in Oregon that was, so this was in early 80s, and they were metaphysical in their teachings, and they were Christian. So yeah, that was when I received the Holy Spirit and got all those wonderful teachings. And at the same time, we were into metaphysical stuff, so it was very woo-woo and Weird and wonderful, and I loved it. So glad I had those experiences. But it expanded my mind, expanded my world, and um, my consciousness. And now I'm pretty open, pretty open to, you know, as I talk in the book, I study Judaism, all kinds of things, because I want to know. Right. And and that's that's so wonderful because that's when I believe that my release and enlightenment had come, because my entire life, you know, when you're growing up in one environment and this is, you know, your family is the Bible belt of the world or something and, uh-huh. you know, they're so Christianly like, but then you're coming home and things are not quite the same. You were dropped off. They would sit in church, but then when you left church, it was something different. I had uh-huh. a thirst for something else because I would ask all of those questions that I, I, you know, one time I said, you know what, if everything that we're learning here and the way that the preacher tells us and this and that is right, then you guys do this. I'm a bit confused as to right. what um, what's going on here. Well, the first time I questioned anything, I got smacked in the face. Sure. It was it was a sin. You know how dare I ask that type of question? Right. It is what it is. You listen and you do. And I was so confused. So I right. haven't. I, I've done all my studies when I was in college. I did. Um, I took a lot of uh, one of my best classes I love was religious philosophy. And I love Oh, great. You know, I I did I loved learning about the similarities and the slight and the very slight differences. But there were students in the class who were, you know, hellbent. It's their way, it's what they do. Nothing else is right. right. And until we release our consciousness and we expand to be able to receive more of what the universe has to offer, I just, we're lost. In my opinion, I was lost. I decided to break away from the status quo and explore a wider being, a wider enlightenment, Mm -hmm. I guess we can call it. And that worked well for me. So you did the same questioning that I'm talking about that I'm encouraging people to do. Because we have that sense of, of this is hypocrisy. You say this, but you do this. Uh, you know, Or you criticize me for this, but you do that. I'm not having it. So to question that stuff and then look at how brave or how courageous you were to go, mm, i gotta go, I got to go look around because this isn't for me. So I, I commend you for that. That's a wonderful trait. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but, um, yeah, it, it works so well for me, and I'm sure that – even when I invite people to uh, come worship at my place of worship, oh, no, we can't mm-hmm. do it because, uh, you know, we have Sunday services or blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Wonderful. Stay where you are. And you learn how to walk away from people who just are not where you are because we have to do that sometime in order for us to be happy. We have to learn how to release that suffering. We have to. Mhm. Well, it makes me pretty miserable to stay stay put. So, if there's a yearning in my heart to do a new class or check out something, then I go do it. I can't I can't live without that. That personal mm-hmm. growth thing is critical to me. And and yet I have family members who are different and and mostly we agree that uh, we can be different. I fortunately don't have family members that are um, criticize me or put me down for being as unique as I am. Um, but we allow each other to be different. My sister is very committed to her church, 
and it's um, not a church I would be comfortable in, but that's okay. You know, it right. it does meet her needs. Yeah. And that's the, the that's the thing. I think it comes down to having respect for one's mm. choices. I believe, and um, because they, uh, you know, the same people say you will follow me, come to my church, listen to me, listen to the, listen, 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 and then we say, well, how about you come to mine? Nope, nope. But there has <laughs> to be some type of respect, and um, what's the other word I'm looking for? Compromise, or just mm. respect and or compromise. Let's put it that way. Um, well, it sounds like in give order and for, take. We do have a comment over here in our show chat room. Let me see if I can get this. Jean writes, most people are too scared to question the things that they have been taught as children and young adults. They are indoctrinated to refuse believing anything that goes against what they have been taught. Um, Religion is definitely a topic people fear questioning. Hmm. Wow, that's... um... I guess I can see that fear, and I can see that it's taught. And at the same time, um, there's so much reward <laughs> in, in exploring and going beyond that it's really well worth it. And then when I when I also like to think about, you know, if I think about Christ or I think about Buddha or Mahatma Gandhi or anyone who I would consider an amazing, wise being, what would they want me to do? Would they want me to stay put with what someone told me when I was 10? Or would they want me to be true to my heart today and expand a little? And yet, at the same time, let's respect that it is scary and go at your own pace. Right. You know? And I think that the key word that you said was that go. Go, but at your Mm. own pace. But you have to go. You know, some people that I really admire is in this region, we have a lot of Mormons. And uh I've met Mormon women who who have left the church. And that means that they're in big trouble with their family. So they're very courageous women. Um, I have a great deal of respect for that because it's such a hard thing to do. You don't just leave the church, but you have serious issues with your family. So... You know, kudos to them. It must be that important to them that they get free of um, strict dogmatic teachings and they open their hearts and their minds to some something more. Yes. And back over in our show chat room, Jean also writes, I read many spiritual books myself to seek my own truth. Mm. All right. That's powerful. Independent. Uh-huh. Amazing. The places you can go because your mind's open. Yes. To me, if you are listening to something that just doesn't sound right, then you're settling and you're conforming. Mm. And that's what makes people even more unhappy, I think. And it makes them suffer because you're going to a place that's filling your head with things that you're you want to question and or you do not believe in, or you know that there's some holes in the story. So we should expand right. our minds and um, do that. So let's, let's, let's talk about this a little bit because we can, we can just segue into your book and some of the um, programs that you have to help people to learn how to do just that. We have to learn how to leave that suffering behind. And one of the things that I wanted to um, ask you about was the intuitive readings. Mm. Well, this developed over time, um, mm-hmm. in part because I'm a, because I'm a meditator and I I like insight meditation. But also, there maybe maybe there's a gene or a trait in my family that that has this because I remember my mother um, often knowing about things before they happened. So she would have things all arranged and taken care of, and then something would happen, and I'd think, "Wow, that was amazing." So 
um, the intuition over the years has really increased, and to where now I sit with people, and um, and I ask God to guide me, and I yeah I do readings for them, um, I assist them. You know, I'm also a licensed substance abuse counselor, so I kind of create that atmosphere. But then, and my clients know that I go to God for answers. So, yeah, yeah, intuitive readings are certainly part of it. It's also such an amazing thing that one of the classes that I teach, the basic theta healing, I teach people mm-hmm. how to do that within like a day. They're able to to give a reading. It's people are amazing, and our abilities are so much more than um, we were ever originally taught. So yeah, it's something you can learn in a day if you if you are interested. Right, amazing. I think all of it's fascinating to me because, as I said before, there are days when I just sit in silence, turn off the lights, turn off everything, and just sit in silence and listen to the universe. And just to feel the breeze or to sit outside in nature and just listen, not just hear what's going on around us. Because so many of us in this me first hustle and bustle world, everything is we hear things, but we're not listening. And when we take that that time. It takes a kind of of stillness to have that. that. So it it doesn't have to be a meditation. If you can quiet those inner voices enough so that stillness rises, then you have the capacity to be in concert with creator, with with the universe. That's a delightful place to be. Most people have to formally meditate that to get there. Um, other people use other techniques, but... Yeah, that's what it's about. I, I, I'm getting there. I'm learning how to be still. I think that um, that is one of the greatest things that I'm experiencing now. And, um, mm. you know, I love it, but I don't teach it. Not like you. You're the expert at this. But um, because I'm still learning all of this myself. Um, but when you teach people how to meditate, a lot of people, Lynn, they say that they don't know how to meditate. Is there a way that people, just our listeners, just something quick that they can do that you can share maybe that can help them quiet their minds? Because some people will try to meditate and then all of a sudden they're all thinking about something else. They're doing something else. They don't know how to be still. They're twitching. Is there something that they can do to start maybe some type of a progression where they'll learn how to calm their minds so that they're not so busy and fidgety? Yeah. My, um, my website has guidelines for free. There's a, a, a download of, of guidelines for meditation. Um, and then I think for $10, there are three meditations, guided meditations you can buy. Guided meditations help a lot. But I think the most important thing to know is all those things that you're talking about, that's normal. And with all the decades of meditation I have, I still will you know, scratch my nose or stretch and go back in it, or find that, holy cow, you were just planning your day. That's not meditation, Lynn. You know, so that's just how it is. We, you know, we're these spiritual beings, we're this great consciousness, and we're in bodies, and we live on the physical plane. So, yeah, we twitch, and we think, and then we get upset with ourselves. <laughs> so let go of the upset with yourself part. Huh? That's just great. Be that's, okay that's with great. it. Yeah. And then just meditate again. Yeah, because I'll find myself getting ready, and then next thing I know, I'm planning out the work week, or I'm looking for the, you know, the conference I have to do next week, or the conference call, and I'm like, wait a minute. Uh And then before I know it, I've (laughs) spent about 30 minutes thinking about things that's not supposed to be invading my calm spot. So yeah. so a lot of meditation is really just calling yourself back to your breath or whatever technique you use. 
and mm-hmm. you lose it and you come back and you lose it and you come back and eventually you get you string together more and more pieces of or periods of of peace right right well we're a little bit halfway into our program so tell us how we can get in contact with you how our listeners can get your book and you know what? I was just thinking of something else to say to you, but you know me, I'm you know more than half a hundred, so I think I forgot that part, but it'll come back to me. So okay, um, okay. Just tell everyone how to contact you and get. Oh, I know what it was. And okay. uh, are you available for um, Skype and online, uh-huh. any type of uh, workshops as well? So yeah, just share with Great. that with the listeners so they'll know how to get in contact with you. Okay. So um, I have two websites. One is for the book, and it is Lynn, L-Y-N-N-E, Cockrum, C-O-C-K-R-U-M, hyphen, Murphy, M-U-R-P-H-Y, dot com. So there are, there's a free chapter of the book, if you want to read that before you start the book or buy the book. There is... Um, there's some freebies out of the book there also, and um, there are newsletters. So th- there's a, a lot of information, and you can contact me through that website. The other website is desertjewel.org. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. And if you go to desertjewel.org, you'll see the classes that I'm teaching. Like I have a basic theta healing class coming up a couple weekends in a in May on the weekend, on the 14th, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. So it, all my classes are listed there, uh, my services. And, yes, I'm available through phone or through Skype or Zoom. Um, I work with people one-on-one. I've also worked with couples. And, um, and then I teach these classes. And when I work with people, it's really about what do they want. Do they want data healing? Do they want... Um, do they want a reading? Do they want intuition? Do they want channeling? All of that is fine. And um, I spend a little time before I meet with the person to, whether it's on the phone or in person, um, to ask for some higher guidance so that I'm really on track with that person. And the lovely thing is when people are done, it's so cute. Sometimes they're like, God, I barely remember what the problem was that I came in here with. So what a relief for them to to experience that. So right. either um, either, either web page, um, and they both have contact systems through them, um, and how to reach me. So right. that's and it. I put them in the chat room. Uh, oh, thank I've already you. put up both pages in the chat room. So oh, you're welcome. Um, now, you know, depending on who you're talking to and where you go far and wide. I hear alpha, beta, theta. Everyone has programs or something. So what exactly is the theta? Okay. Theta is um, a brainwave state, and it is um, a very slow brainwave. It's one of the states that we pass through with sleep, but advanced meditators go to the theta brainwave state. Uh, originally when I taught meditation, I only taught people to go to the alpha state, and that was good enough, but we can go beyond that. And that's what I teach people now with Theta Healing. So Theta Healing is a combination of healing work, readings, um, going to these higher states of consciousness and asking for guidance. It's providing downloads, things that people don't have that God can give them. And it's also... um, Identifying those limiting beliefs and releasing them, because you know you may have have programming or what, what belief systems from your ancestors that are you know we live in poverty but we get by. Well, right. you know, if we're still living in poverty, let's change it. <laughs> so, so it's that kind of a, a system, and it's it's a little complex, but people just love it. I, the know, woman I've who created lucky. it. Oh, I'm sorry. I just want to say the woman who created it. She teaches it all over the world, and mostly she teaches teachers now. Oh, 
I, once again, you know what? I just lost my train of thought again, so let's move on to something else. Oh, my goodness. I am here over on your page. And um, when... Paint that picture for us. We're going to backtrack just a little bit. Um, What was your inspiration for the title of your book? How did that come together? Did it just... Mm. Um, Gee, that's, that's a really good question. I was working with a writing coach and a writing group, and um as the ideas came up they helped me kind of hone it so i know suffering is a big theme in the book cuz it's it's so much about we all suffer life happens stuff happens so how do we get out of that and so that's where we get the living hope and steps to leaving suffering behind cuz we don't have to stay there um i've created a workshop I have one starting in May. It's a a three-day workshop, and we apply a lot of the things that were in the book. I have people practice and apply them during the workshop, and it's really fun watching the change that occurs for them, the things that they discover about themselves and how their lives move forward afterwards. Wow. So that's more than an answer to what is living hope. <laughs> that's how we got there. <laughs> well, that's what uh, caught me initially was the living hope part. Because for so many people, they've lost all hope and their hope is just gone. It's died. Yeah. So living hope. Yeah. But just those two words have such power. Oh. Because in, in just reading them, you can feel like maybe there is hope. Good, good, because I do want people to have that. And I think that's one of the reasons I tell my story is, like, all that stuff that happened um, after the fire, all those other events you you mentioned, and then finally, the, you know, my mother being shot and killed, um, it, was, it was a really rough life. And yet I know people have had worse lives than that you know, or people that didn't have it quite as bad. So let's take that and say you don't have to stay in that place. There is so much, even little tiny baby steps that you can take to get out of that place. And I'm living proof of that, and that's why I put it in the book. My life is wonderful. I went on to be a special ed teacher for 30 years, really rewarding work teaching kids how to read, etc., and um, went on to be a college professor. I'm in my 13th year now, part, I'm part-time. And then I have my, my private practice. Life is fulfilling. I've been married over 31 years. Life is good. And I have tools. And I think that's a lot of what the book is about, is tools that when it gets lumpy or, or bumpy or I get stuck, there are tools to get out of that. That's wonderful. And, and you know, when you were talking about how wonderful, and, and just to listen to you when you were talking about all of these tragedies, one after the other, most of mm. us don't even have that many back-to-back or, you know, that many in our lives, period. Thank God. But to listen to you speak and you hear the lightness in your voice and you hear I guess we could say the happiness in your voice or the peace. Mm-hmm. I believe that that's, um, that's a good description of it. When you hear the peace in your voice, it just lets even me know that it's going to be okay. But mm-hmm. we have to want it to be okay. Well, it does help if we focus on the positive. One of the things I talk about doing in the book is I start the day with a gratitude list and I end it with that. And it doesn't have to be long, but I certainly can wake up and go, thank the universe that my bed is comfy, that I have more than enough blankets, that I have air conditioning because I live in the desert. I can start there, that my husband is with me, that my pussycats are here, 
and that it's another sunny day because we're in Arizona. <laughs> so there's so much to be grateful for. And the same thing at the end of the day. And so I reinforce that in myself because I I have my grumpy days or my grumpy moments, and that's not who I want to be. You know, I right. I really believe that we are that conscious light being that Christ and all the others, great ones that we've studied, we're that. We just are uncovering it, re-realizing it, and that's who I want to be. So, you know, when I overindulged in too rich of a dinner or whatever, I can I can get over that, and I can practice, you know, the next moment right. being, the, you know, who and what I hope to be. Yes, I, I and one thing that I've learned, I always tell uh, people that I work with and listeners is smile even when you do not want to, because mm-hmm. that simple act alone can change the outlook on an entire day, no matter how bad that day is, to smile, even if it's to yourself, it makes mm-hmm. a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and think about um, those times that you're, you're somewhere and someone really beams a smile at you, and you're like, wow, that was really nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do yeah. that for each other. And and, and you, you know, it's odd that you, you had um, brought that up because there are days when I've gone into work and I just wasn't feeling it. And those are days when the absolute strangers will walk up to me and say, you're not smiling today. Your smile makes my day. And I'm like, I don't even Aww. know you, but you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. you never know how the smile can help me or us, but it also may be that someone else is looking for. Because I usually have you know, a creature of some type of habit where I may take a walk around the same time every day. And there were people that were actually waiting to see me just to see the smile because it Holy helped cow. them to smile. So we never know how the universe, everything is connected. And in doing so, we cause what I call that ripple effect. Yes. Yay. Yes. And I just uh, love it. Uh, We're coming down to the wire for our show. So if you have any more questions or comments for those of you over in the chat room, and for those of you in the call query, uh, you can press the number one on your phones if you're able to. Uh, and in the chat room, if you have any more questions or comments, you might want to um, go ahead and type those now. But um, you know, while you're saying I'll, that, I, I, oh, I just I kept thinking that there are people that are that are saying, "Oh, easy for you to say," or "You don't know how hard it is." And I want to acknowledge that it is really hard to change your state of mind and to change your life. And yet, I believe every one of us can make progress. Right. And for everyone, I always say, I think we said it when we were talking before the show, I'm still on my journey. And I have people Mm -hmm. all over the world. You know, this show is heard all over the world. And I help people all over the world. And they look to me for their answers. And I'm still Mm -hmm. discovering my own. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that's how it works. Yeah. We have people we can learn from and people that we can assist. And, you know, it's like reaching out both hands, one to take, one to give. Right. And, and again, it goes back down to everything in this universe being connected. So what I was about to mm-hmm. say was if you have any ending words, I see that Jean over in our chat room is typing. So while uh, Jean is doing that, um, if you have any words of wisdom that you'd like to leave us with, and, of course, share how folks can meet up with you, can get with you again before we end our show, and then I'll read uh, Jean's comment. Well, I just invite people to go to the DesertJewel.org webpage. That's the easiest way to connect with me. I encourage you to see if the book is for you, to look at that. And I, the only other parting message I would have is that I believe in you, and I believe that you are the same beautiful being that I am. And I encourage you to open up your heart 
and enjoy that and accept that and discover that and explore it and be happy because there's always living hope. We can live in hope. Yes. And and for me, I always tell people to go to Jameer and tell the person they see, hello, beautiful, wonderful, dynamic, accomplished, wonderful me. So <laughs> say it until that person looking back believes it, because when the person looking back starts to believe it, guess what? We'll believe it, too. And that's what oh, I yeah. like to say. Um, and Jean writes, life is constant change. So you should always seek to learn and be open to new experiences and ideas. Uh, Jean goes on to say, you grow mentally and emotionally by allowing beautiful experiences and ideas shape how you live life. And that's the yeah. truth. You know, we can write, as you said, journal, but you can journal about all the problems you had all day, or you can journal about, yes, I had X, Y, Z problem, but I'm still living and breathing and I'm in good health. So, well, and it all she's encouraging that that openness to be open and expressive, and when we're open we we receive more and we give more. What a way to create a, a valuable, important, lovely life right and for those of you listening, this show is not just for women, it's for men as well, because actually Jean is a male. And he's uh, he's um, here, and he's been chatting away with us. So, gentlemen, there's no shame. There is no shame whatsoever to reaching oh, out. It's, to, to, to it's quite brave when when men do because um, it's part of the cultural norm to not do that. And so, all the women end up sitting around talking to each other, <laughs> and we really do like it when the men join in. Yes, and, and and that's why I'm thanking Eugene for being here uh, tonight uh, and joining in and giving your input. It was appreciated greatly. And Lynn, oh my gosh, probably a year from now, I'll probably invite you back again and see what's going on in your life and what you have new going on. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And um, again. For those of you, I've posted all of the information uh, to the website. You can see it on the show's promo page. And for those of you over in the chat room, all of the links are there already. And if you missed any of this, of course, you can always reach out to me and I'll get you in touch with um, Lynn personally. So, again, Lynn, thank you so much for being here tonight. And um, any last words? Any last, last words? <laughs> I would just like to thank you because you're a delightful person and you made this a very pleasant experience. And I just, I, my heart feels warm. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And I, and I always tell people, you may have come here as a guest, but you leave here as family. So now you're a mm. member of the Healing Through Hurt family. And um, mm. I will always... Uh, cherish this because not only that this is our return show and i enjoyed our conversation so much so you know reach out to lynn uh do you have any um social media pages that people may be able to reach out to you on or no or just through the website um, yeah i'm on linkedin i'm on um twitter i'm on uh, twitter is living hope steps i believe on facebook oh gosh Desert. Look for Desert Jewel on Facebook. That might get you to it. So, yeah, see. there's a lot of ways to connect. Wonderful. Wonderful. So reach out to Lynn. There's no shame in reaching out. Don't you want to be happy? To all of the listeners, do you want to be happy? Right now, say, say it with me. I want to, want be, to be happy. Happy. I deserve to be happy. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Thank you again for being here. Thank you, uh, Jean, for being okay. over here to represent the males. Um, great conversation. Great person. I wish you the best of everything, Lynn. Thank you for being here. Thank you for believing in me and healing through hurt and to help make my yes. dreams a reality during my journey towards my healing as well. So it's been a pleasure. Everyone, 
we will be back again next week, Saturday morning at 9 a.m. for the Saturday morning motivation, of course. And um, I'll keep you posted on our next show for this, our Healing Through Hurt iTalk Radio. Tonight, we've had a very special guest, Lynn Cockrum Murphy, and her book, her beautiful, beautiful book is called Living Hope. I like that part. I'm sorry. I just love that part. I love that part of the title, Living Hope. I could just say it all day, Living Hope. Steps to Leaving, Suffering Behind. So until next time, as always, I pray each and every one of you enough. I pray you enough sunshine to brighten your rainy days. And I also pray you enough rain to make your gardens grow beautifully. I pray you enough smiles to turn your frown that you've been carrying around upside down. But most of all, I pray you enough strength and courage to make it through whatever may be coming your way from this point and beyond. So until next time, as I said, my special guest this evening has been Lynn Cochran Murphy. Get her Thanks book. Thanks so much. Out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, we'll be in touch soon, so you have a great evening. You too. Good night. Good night. So everyone, as I said, another wonderful evening. We started off with good music. We're going to end with good music. We've had great conversation with an awesome lady doing great things. Reach out. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful chat. My heart is beaming. I guess to all you listeners, you know how I am, and you know that I'm just smiling all over the place because I love it when I have wonderful guests, and I only bring you the best. So I hope that you enjoyed the night as much as I did. Again, the name of the book is Living Hope, Steps to Leaving Suffering Behind by Lynn Cockrum Murphy. Until next time, be well, be blessed. Continue to pay it and pray it forward. As we begin, we will end with Miss Tori Lee and good music after night of good conversation. Good night, everyone. See you again soon. I get lost in your words. It feels so good when I'm hurt. Take my mind off of the pain Love when the beat takes me away With only good music Oh, oh, oh With only good music Something about the things you said Stays in my mind Makes me wanna sit down and listen to you I listen all night the arrangement makes my body go so crazy. I tell a man, I love feet. It's the way. Ah, before we go, I wanted to remind you if you'd like to get involved, all of our shows, both this, our Healing Through Hurt, I Talk Radio, and the Saturday Morning Motivation is sponsored by the Wall Foundation Incorporated, which is an IRS-approved and recognized legal 501c3 nonprofit. You want to learn more about our programs and all that we do? Visit our main website at thewallfoundationinc.org. And if you'd like to learn more about me, well, you can reach out to me at my website, cmariawall.com. And if you need that listening ear, you want to really get involved, 202-618-2556. So until next time, be well, be blessed. I'm C. Maria Wall, praying each and every one of you enough. Good night, everyone. If love really was a bullet, I'd have took the shot. Now would you buy me a drink just to take me home? Put your game in a song just to make me moan. I like my robin, pick me alone. A thug out bone, triple shots, that's the trace. I get lost in your words. It feels so good when I'm hurt. Take 
Good 